You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast raising the bar at workplaces everywhere. Workplace Perspective is a regular podcast series for employers and employees focusing on education, training, and the law to help organizations of all sizes develop and maintain successful workplace relationships. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective are their own and should not be considered legal advice. And now, here's your host, Teresa McQueen. Thank you, James. And welcome, everyone, to Workplace Perspective, where we are striving to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. In honor of Veterans Day, we have two special guests. First, we'll be talking with Chris Johnson. Chris is the president and CEO of Nation's Finest, an organization whose mission is to support America's military veterans and their families with a comprehensive approach to housing, health, and employment helping them to achieve self-sufficiency and to reach their full potential. In the second half of our show, we're going to be joined by U.S. Navy veteran Jason Henry. Jason is the Performance Improvement and Innovation Director at Nation's Finest. And he's going to be sharing his first-hand experience as a veteran who's reintegrated into civilian life after leaving the military. And he's going to share some of this, his story and some of the stories uh, from the people that he's helped at Nation's Finest. It's going to be a great show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Workplace Perspective has a new website. Visit us at www.workplaceperspective.com. Check out our new look, including our featured guests and archive sections. Share us with your friends and colleagues to help us continue to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Welcome back to our listeners and welcome to Workplace Perspective, Chris Johnson and Jason Henry. Thanks for inviting us. Uh, Looking forward to this. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you both on the show. So as I always do, uh, I'm going to ask you both to do a little bit of a self-introduction. Chris, let's start with you. Why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Well, I'm very honored to be the uh, CEO and president of Nation's Finest. I've been involved in nonprofit leadership for over 30 years, and my dad served for 33 years in the U.S. Army Air Corps and then the Air Force. So my job is to make sure the team like Jason get the tools they need to be successful on behalf of those who are our nation's finest. That's great. Well, it's always funny, you know, people always, of course, thank uh, our veterans for their service, which we do immensely. But I think there's also some thankfulness to be had for the family members, uh, those servicemen. Absolutely. And and we hear that phrase often and the veterans hear that phrase and are appreciative of it. But uh, what we try to do is actually do things to speak to that phrase and actually bring it to life as opposed to just saying thank you. We try to make sure that they get back on a pathway, they and their families get back on a pathway toward a normal, uh, successful life. Jason, why don't you tell us a little bit about a little bit about who you are and what you do at Nation's Finest? Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, yeah, so uh, basically, as the Performance Improvement and Innovation Director, I get to look for new and fun ways to uh, to serve our veterans. Um, I say fun because it's uh, always exciting prospect to look out into the veteran community, try to identify a need that isn't being met, and then see if we at Nation's Finest can come up with a way to fill that need. You know, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of research and data internal and external 
Um, but seeing something come together that was once just a bud of an idea into a real program that's bringing veterans into uh, the fold of the sort of nation's finest family is really fun um, and really, really satisfying. I think that's great. I think that's great. Um, and if I didn't say it, thank you for your service as well. I want to sort of just let's just talk about what you guys are seeing, the people that you're dealing with, um, what the organization does to help them. Uh, if you want to jump in, I'll just hand it off to the two of you and let's just let's just hear about what you do. Well, Jason, do you want to give a little bit of background and experience from when you were a site director and the types of folks you saw coming in? And I can give a, a direct story as to somebody who is now a board member who started out as somebody struggling for themselves. So, Jason, if you don't mind, why don't you take it first and then I'll jump in right after you. Uh, so a lot of what we do is focused on veterans who are kind of in one of the worst places they can be, whether they're you know, struggling with uh, uh, substance abuse or mental health issues, they find themselves homeless, um, lost contact with the family support systems or community support systems that are out there. You know, we uh, have the honor and privilege of sort of bringing them into our programs, giving them some structure, giving them some tools and support, helping them reconnect with what they really truly want. Um, because I don't believe that anybody wants to be homeless. Um, it's a consequence of many factors. Um, and we help to try to rebuild, help them to rebuild what they have disconnected with and helping them to get back into kind of living the life that they want to live. I think that a lot of, uh, a lot of times um, folks can sort of misconception that programs are designed to uh, force a solution down the client, you know, into the client's pathway. And that's really not what we are set out to do. We're, we're trying to get them to live the best possible life that that veteran and that veteran's family wants to live and move forward with in the future. So it's providing those supports. Um, and it can look a lot of different ways, um, whether it's employment and training, whether it's connecting with other community partners and services out there getting uh, benefits through the Department of Veterans Affairs, uh, providing them a roof over their head and three meals a day, providing them with counseling, um, whatever it takes. You know, we've always considered ourselves a resource center um, insofar as we have our programs, but we will connect our veterans and their families with any service out there that will help them become successful. Um, so it's a, a community awareness project. It's a, it is um, relationships building. Um, and it's, of course, the direct services that we provide. I think that's great. I, I love what you said about making it unique to each individual. Um, that takes a lot. It takes a lot of effort. But I think that people forget that. And you find it in all kinds of things, people who want to help the homeless. And they don't think about they think about, oh, this would be great. I remember reading something about um, putting together, you know, people put together bags that you can hand someone, you know, when you come up on the freeway and there's someone standing there on the freeway and you can hand them something. But the things they were putting into these bags were things that like these people, well, it, it didn't help them, you know. Right. 
food that was too hard to eat or, you know, stuff that could put them in danger, you know, giving them something that was too of too much value that might put them in a compromising position or endanger their lives or something. But to think about what it is that each individual needs, like you said, to lead their best life, not what you think they should be doing or what you think is best for them from even just an organizational standpoint. I think that's awesome. I love that focus. Super important. Well, and I know uh, there's a program, especially in California, but it's nationwide with a lot of agencies where they talk about housing first. I don't know if you've heard that term Mm -hmm. mentioned before, but even with employment, we've learned that making sure they're stable in their living situation is the very first thing you have to accomplish because yes, having a job is critical, but if you don't have a place to stay, if you don't have a place to go to after that job that's consistent and stable, it, it's an issue. So that's why homelessness has been a huge part of what we do. I mean, you've got uh, in just last year, you had over 580,000 unemployed veterans. Over 10% of those folks were on the street. So it's like, okay, those two things go together. So that's why we didn't want to forget them. If, if I can, can I tell an early story uh, yeah. about the early days? Of course. Uh, Nation's Finest was founded originally as Flower of the Dragon. And that was a term that this group of Vietnam veterans said, you know, resonated with them. And so that's why they they liked it. But as those of us that are old enough to remember, uh, Vietnam veterans were not treated very nicely when they came home. In fact, some were spit on, etc. And these veterans found each other uh, in a bar and said, we got to do something about it. And so they came together to fix it. And they ended up uh, literally just setting up a pool table in the back of another business and inviting veterans, especially Vietnam era veterans, to come and play pool. Well, one story that directly reflects, reflects to what you're talking about is they also started providing some uh, job placement within the city and for veterans and the person in charge of that kept coming over to one of our founders and saying, you know, the veterans just aren't coming in. We don't know why we've got job opportunities for them, et cetera. And they said, well, cause they don't feel comfortable just walking into a government building and, you know, saying, Hey, I need a job. They've been trained right. to be self-sufficient. They've been trained to be strong, but they do enjoy hanging out with each other and just relaxing and enjoying themselves come on down next tuesday and we'll let them know that there's going to be somebody here for job placement well that gentleman showed up at that pool table (laughs) and for several hours it had a line of veterans around the block of people coming in to meet with that job placement because why they felt comfortable in that environment and that's what organizations like ours do. We even ran a print shop at one time because we said, okay, let's train them in how to do that. Let's get them, get them uh, doing that. So the key, and Jason alluded to it, is you need to connect with each individual story, find out what's going on with them. And veterans working with veterans was the ideal way to do that because they understand each person's challenge and dilemma. And we've got people now in Sacramento, as example, that are veterans looking to us to help establish some sort of agriculture training program so that they can own their own ag businesses. 
So people need to recognize, even though you've got, you know, a half million unemployed, that's a half million very smart, very talented individuals that when put on the right path are going to be some of the best employees you could ever hire. Let's talk about that for a second. I think that people forget that aspect of it, that transition, those skills that you, you know, that you acquire in the service, uh, no matter where you're at, you know, it's almost like they say, you know, a, a bachelor's degree says something about you. But what it says is that you and everybody else that got a bachelor's degree have at least the same training on uh, to a certain standard. It's, it's across the board. But I don't think people understand that or correlate that with regard to military service, because there's something about being in the military across the board that gives you a certain type of training, a certain mindset, a certain, you know, uh, I want to say standard, but I don't think that's the right word. You know what I'm saying? That that gives you something unique just from being in the military that really correlates. So tell me a little bit about talk to me about what you see in that regard. Either one of you. <laughs> Go ahead, Jason. You're the uh, the military expert on this call. <laughs> expert. That's that's hilarious, CJ. <laughs> hey, man, take it where you can get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think that, um, you know, what you're what you're alluding to is it is a really important uh, concept. You're right. Um, you know, if someone spends four or six years in college, they walk away with a piece of paper um, and it's important. It does demonstrate, you know, a certain level of of uh, expertise in a given field or at least, as you said, that that baseline of uh, knowledge. What our veterans get is not as obvious to translate into civilian employment, but the baseline, regardless of the branch of service or when you served, there is an element of dedication. Every veteran, every single veteran uh, who ever served in the military had to some point or another stand there, raise their hand and commit to the service to, you know, give every up into the ultimate, you know, sacrifice, every veteran made that promise. Every veteran, regardless of branch of service or time served, had to go through boot camp. And in boot camp, you learn more or less the same things. The, the branches vary in their focus, but everybody learns teamwork. Everyone learns dedication. Everyone learns um, the skills to uh, and mindset to um, overcome uh, obstacles and challenges, um, think creatively. Um, and these skills, I think, are easily applied to any position within the civilian workforce. And this is what veterans do. You know, again, regardless of, of your job designation in the service, everybody learns to work together. Everyone is focused on uh, mission-driven outcomes. And so, you leave the military service and, you know, veterans want to still pursue those same ideals. They want to get the job done. They want to do it to the highest possible uh, standards um, and they want to work with a solid team. I love it. I love it. I think people, I do think that people overlook that. I think they, again, it goes to what your mindset is about someone who served in the military. And sometimes that mindset uh, is not accurate. You know, the the um, this idea that, it, you know, everyone comes back damaged and everyone should be concerned about hiring someone from the military because 
They could be unpredictable. They could be this, but they forget the positive aspects of that. And that while people do come back with issues, it doesn't stop their ability to function. That's right. Right. And they can still, you know, be, have all those wonderful attributes that you talked about and be a great, you know, a great, uh, positive focus in the workplace. Well, and, and one of the other attributes, and I know numbers aren't fun for radio, so I'll, I'll try <laughs> not to use them. But what's a very interesting statistic is veteran versus non-veteran unemployment. There are less veterans by percentage unemployed than there are the general population. And that says something, although we just talked about having 580,000 plus unemployed veterans by percentage, that's lower, which means veterans are, as Jason alluded to, they've got that commitment, they've got that dedication, they've got that perseverance to uh, get there, do the job and make sure it gets done right. And so I think, as you alluded to, it's almost the opposite of what you said, you know, they don't come in damaged. They come in with an attribute that uh, is hard to train, which is dedication, persistence, et cetera. Absolutely. And to such a high degree. I think it's amazing. All right. We're getting the break signal. So we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, more from Nation's Finest. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Take a step toward bringing our country and community together. Start a meaningful conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. If you enjoyed today's show, do this. Share us. Like us. Give us a review on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot to us, and it ensures more people tune in and raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. Or if that resume was from someone who worked 12 hour shifts at the recycling company with my dad, who's 72. That taught me a work ethic that I carry with me every day. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone growing up where I did. A lot of things could have gotten in the way of my goals, but I learned to push through, and that's what I bring to work every day. So maybe it's time we look beyond the resume and look to grads of life. Discover new ways to develop great talent that are so much more than what's on paper at gradsoflife.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everyone. We are talking with Chris Johnson and Jason Henry of Nation's Finest about what their organization does for veterans. Um, We've had some great information. Um, What I'd like to do right now is sort of switch and kind of talk a little bit to you, Jason, if you would just share your experience uh, about coming out of the service, looking for work, what that was like and what it's like for the people that you help. Yeah, no problem. So. When I got out of the Navy, like many veterans, I think um, the last thing I really wanted to do was uh, was to be a part of any sort of military um, organization where I just wanted to grow my hair long, grow my beard, wear whatever I wanted to wear, you know, not wake up at five in the morning, things like that. Uh, And so, uh, you know, I did that. 
Um, I moved up to Humboldt County and lived out in the mountains for a long time and just sort of escaped um, for a while. You know, over the years, um, uh, I did odd jobs here and there. Um, you know, I worked uh, as a uh, event security for a long time. I um, worked in office settings. I did low-level counseling for um, at the Humboldt State University um, for transferring students. And, you know, what I realized, um, we had, it's an interesting, actually, uh, story. We had a, a woman there who was the um, uh, Humboldt State University's veterans. Oh, I can't remember her title, but she basically authorized all of the GI Bill benefits for students. And she and I became friends. And so we started talking more and more about veterans. And um, I started realizing that there was something there was something that was really missing in my life. And I couldn't really put my finger on it um, until I moved on from working at the college. And I started working for the Employment Development Department as a vet rep. Um, and so my position was basically to interface with veterans um, and help them get jobs. And when I moved into that position, I suddenly had this like this uh, epiphany of this giant what that giant hole in me was, which was that I was disconnected from all of my veteran brothers and sisters out there. You know, when I when I started engaging with folks who were speaking my language, you know, who I could talk to about what it was like in boot camp or being out at sea or, you know, being in different countries and stuff like that. And folks who had the same experiences, it became a really just sort of cathartic lifestyle where um, I knew that people understood at least a part of my life. Right. I stayed at the employment development for a little while, only less than a year, actually, before um, uh, well, and during that time, I was working with the nation's finest branch up in Eureka, California, and um, I developed some friendships there and partnerships. Basically, the um, the uh, executive director uh, recruited me over to the nation's finest uh, side of the house. And as CJ said earlier, the culture was so strong with this veterans helping veterans that I felt immediately like I was home, if that makes any sort of sense. It wasn't yeah, just, a absolutely. Job. you yeah. know, it became like my purpose, you know, so I would wake up in the morning and be able to say to myself, wow, what veterans do I get to serve today? Where am I going to find these, these folks? Um, seeing veterans come into our programs, um, it's an amazing transition to watch. When you can have a homeless veteran come in with nothing, not having been able to shower or not having any food to eat, being cold, you can bring them in and immediately give them a hot meal. Um, you can give them a place to sleep. Um, you can give them some case management and start helping them work through things, showing them solutions and giving them hope of all, you know, the, the hope is probably the most important element of what we do which is just showing someone that you know it doesn't have to be this way everybody's made mistakes everybody's had tough times you can all everybody can recover and we're here to help and i always like to talk about how we see a veteran come in and maybe two weeks later maybe three weeks later all of a sudden you see see them wearing their old army hat oh you know? yeah 
and they're starting to take pride and you, you know you start you know hearing them sort of ribbing each other about their branches and stuff which is like you know uh, something that every veteran likes to do you know of course their branch is the best branch et cetera, et cetera. Right. when you start seeing those things happening you know that people are healing um you know it's uh it's funny <laughs> you know i used to say that um you know every veteran coming into when i especially when i was a site director and i was overseeing multiple programs was, um, and i'd talk to our staff and say you know every veteran who comes in here is our veteran you know, they belong to us. It's our responsibility to do whatever it takes to get them back on the path that they want to be on. And I think that's something that's carried through and it's a, a part of the nation's finest culture is that they're our veterans. doesn't mean that we are like taking any sort of real ownership or anything like that. But in a way we are because we're saying, you know what, we are here and we're going to do whatever it takes. You know, you see the results, you create a community and again, someone who's been away from that sort of community and can come in and talk to somebody who's got a high level of veterans cultural competence again can speak the language knows what the you know rank insignias mean knows what different jobs are you know knows uh, the difference between rating and rate and mos and all you know all these other right. things you know can actually speak to someone sitting across the desk from them using those language it builds rapport immediately yeah. And it's this mutual respect. So it's not just a case manager telling someone to fill out a uh, treatment plan. It's a case manager and a veteran working together to develop that plan and working to get together to uh, complete the steps on that plan that they both come up with and agreed to. You've made a couple of so many wonderful points in there. The ones that are sticking in my mind is, you know, this idea that you felt disconnected. And it's true. It's like, you you know, you get out of the service, you don't think about that. You want to get as far away from it all as you possibly can. But then at some point you realize well, that's shutting off a huge part of your life. If you're not able to have that shared experience, it's like, you know, for the rest of us, it's like you start talking pop culture with somebody of your own generation, you're immediately at ease and you've got a level, you know, you've got a level you can connect on. And it's awesome. So I can see how that would be great. You know, you 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 realize that was missing from your life. This idea that you had this whole huge part of your life that you wanted to share. Uh, now that you're ready to share it, right? You, you served. You went and you you got your alone time. And now you're like, okay, there's something missing here. So I think that's hugely important and just great. Thank you for sharing that. Not we're not a political show, but I do think that we've gotten a little bit away from this sense of what it means at the heart to be an American. And I think that we learned so much from uh, the Vietnam experience that I think we all need to have a sense of this idea that these are our veterans and that part of their service, it's not just getting people to recruit, getting them to serve, appreciating that service and what they do. And OK, you're done. Thank you very much, right? Part of that experience and part of our civilian support shouldn't stop the minute somebody stops service because it translates to so many other areas. You guys, I I appreciate you coming on so much. I thank you for sharing your time and your experience in our last few seconds. If you have any final thoughts, any words of wisdom, any tips you want to lay out there on our listeners, I'd love to hear it. Chris, why don't we start with you? 
mine would be to make sure that you uh, reach out to agencies such as ours if you are looking for uh, employees, because obviously we've got uh, access to some amazing people. And the other is uh, if you are a veteran and you are struggling with any of the issues we talked about today, it's okay to reach out to a what what the term is is battle buddy or somebody else that you uh, you know and just say hey can we chat a little bit and reconnect and on Veterans Day yeah I know we celebrate the veterans and recognize them but sometimes it's better just to pick up the phone and make a call and if you're one of those people that isn't receiving a call we'd love to talk to you uh, as as Jason says uh, one of the things that gets me emotional every time he does it is when he says our veteran. And I hope he never, ever changes that. Me too. Says my veterans, actually. Me too. How about you, Jason? Any any thoughts for the future? Any words of wisdom? You know, just, uh, and I think CJ really said it uh, very nicely. I think that, um, you know, thoughts for the future. We're just always looking for veterans to become part of uh, our organization as well. You know, looking for ways that we can do more for our communities. I love it. Well, again, thank you both so much uh, for joining us and sharing your experiences and your wealth of information. You can learn more about Nation's Finest by visiting nationsfinest.org. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-S-F-I-N-E-S-T.org. You can also connect with Chris or Jason by visiting our website at workplaceperspective.com. I want to also thank our listeners, my radio angels, James and the Nave at Night, and our workplace perspective team extraordinaire, our executive producer, uh, Paul Roberts, our associate producer, Melissa DeLacy, with music provided by the very talented Stephen Versaloni. Thank you all for joining us on Workplace Perspective. And until next time, keep raising the bar. Today, please stay with us for a few more minutes as we at Workplace Perspective pay tribute to all veterans and their families. Thank you. The famous poem, In Flanders Fields, written by Lieutenant Colonel John McRae, a soldier with the Canadian Expeditionary Force who fought in the Flanders region of Belgium during the First World War, speaks of sacrifice. Written from the point of view of the dead, it serves as their command to the living to press on. In Flanders fields, the poppies blow between the crosses, row on row, that mark our place. And in the sky, the larks still bravely singing fly scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead. Short days ago we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved. And now we lie in Flanders fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe. To you from failing hands we throw the torch. Be yours to hold it high. If you break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep. Though poppies grow in Flanders fields. In remembrance of those who've served, those who've fallen, and those who live, may we forever keep the faith.